Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now, Bet Online is where the game starts. Everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of. Saturday night huddle, excuse me, and uh, we're also going to mix it in with a little Believe action, so we get some Believe in Bills action as well. As always, we got the legends in the building, legendary coach, sports director, whatever you need, he got it, Coach Mookie Hawkins in the building. Uh, we obviously got the legendary Ruben Brown, Hall of Fame uh, 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 offensive lineman, and then, of course, we got legendary uh, Steelers beat writer from PGH Steelers now, Alan Saunders. It's nice to meet you, Mr. Saunders. Glad to see Ruben and Mookie. How you guys doing tonight? Saturday night. It was a for a big game. Absolutely. We got a really, really big game, uh, Bills versus Steelers. And since we're talking Steelers, obviously we got some Steelers blood in, in the, you know, to, to join us tonight. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to do uh, a little bit of a brief recap. For last week's game first uh so let's let's just uh start off with the bills versus ravens talk a little bit about it uh mookie uh tell me tell me about it what, what was your thoughts on the game what does it mean to get a win over a tough afc opponent like that well it was gut check time in my eyes i mean you know everybody wanted to see where the bills really shell shot from you know that loss in miami how would they respond to that uh you know will there be any gas left in the tank after that miami game so I think the Bills answered that question, and now, you know, the confidence is, you know, a little bit to the root where they understand what, what they need to do, you know what I mean, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, this is the more or less, I'd say, humbled and hungry approach that Coach McDermott talks about a lot. I kind of got that feel this week, you know, just talking with the guy. So, you know, that that humbled but hungry approach. They know that Pittsburgh beat them last year and that knocked them out of home field uh, advantage contention. So, they're humbled about that. They're not going to take Pittsburgh lightly. That's for damn sure. And uh, you're going to see, uh, you know, a good game once again. Well, what's it like for the Bills in the locker room to – or is it even a problem for them to have that monkey off their back of being able to win a close game? Yeah, I think a lot of people really feed in that to too, too much. I guess that was the only probably like eye source stat that wasn't in the Bills' favor. So, you know, people take it, they run with it. But nobody's going to talk about – you know, before that streak, you know, they won like six, seven straight. You know, nobody's talking about that. So, you know, people are going to find the negative part of it and just run with it. And then sometimes psychologically, they do get in your head now. You know what I mean? I ain't going to say that. It do get in your head because obviously you got those nine to six losses versus Jacksonville. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Or the hell, Mary, the hell Murray or just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So 
Yeah, it was it's just it was just good, you know, jubilation in the in the locker room. It was just a relief that hey, they can go out there and close out games, you know, and you know, and play to their expectations more or less. Absolutely. And uh, I, I know you follow the Steelers, Mr. Saunders. So I'm sure, you know, for the people who you you speak to on a regular basis, they were happy to see the Ravens take a L. What was your thought process on the game uh, coming out of last week? Yeah, I thought it was very interesting just you know, watching two teams. Obviously, we've been pretty familiar with. I mean, Mike Tomlin said, talking about Steelers Bills, it honestly feels like it's like preparing for a division game. This will be the fourth straight year these two teams have played each other. I think even for me, and obviously I'm not breaking down the film like a coach is, but even for me, I think when you see a team as often as we've seen, as I've seen the Bills and seen the Ravens, you really start to appreciate the little details about the way those guys play. I thought just, man, Josh Allen is such a special player. I know how good that Ravens defense is, and he's still able to, to make guys that are really good look really bad. And I think that's and like that's one of the things that's that's the hardest thing to do in the NFL. I think like there are guys on every team that that can be taken advantage of, and there are schemes that you can lean on to try to get you into those good matchups, and and you can beat teams by beating up on their weaknesses. Um, but it's really rare to just be like, oh, that guy, he's an all pro. I don't care. I'll beat him anyway. And I think uh, we saw that from Josh Allen at the end of that game, and I think that's what makes him a really special player in addition to his obvious he's got physical talent, but I think he just has something different about him where he's not afraid of those, those special players. He's not afraid of those big time matchups. And I love that fourth down conversion um, where he, he away had him and he chewed him and, and then he pumped fake Marlon Humphrey. And like, that's two killers, man. Like th- those are guys that are, you get, the, they get one-on-one, either one of those guys gets one-on-one with an offensive player. They don't lose very often, and, and Allen and both look stupid on a, an, an incredibly important play and goes in to win the game. I, I just, man, he's, he's such a special player, and I, I love that about him. Uh, real quick before we get to Ruben, uh, Allen, tell me about what was, what's the conversation around Steelers camp when you look at the Ravens and they, they allow two pretty big comebacks in a span of three weeks uh you know what what does that mean do you guys smell blood in the water is it you know i think it's hard to smell blood in the water if you're the steelers because i don't don't think the steelers are a shark right now you know like they're they're but i say i'll say this like it gives them hope that like if they can get their stuff figured out no one is going to run away with this division the Ravens have problems on defense. They're, they seem like they're never healthy. Cincinnati's offensive line that they spent so much money on doesn't seem like it's coming together. You know, the Browns have, have you know lost a couple games that they probably should have won and got themselves into bad situations and then lost those, those two games late to the Jets and the Falcons. So I think it just gives the Steelers a little bit of hope that, hey, this is a one and three start. This is not where this team wants to be. They're disappointed with a lot of areas of their play, but they're – one game out of the division lead because nobody else is that good either. So, I mean, I don't think they're, they're thinking that it's, you know, it's setting themselves up great because they don't feel that good about the way they're playing right now. But I think it gives the Steelers hope that if they can get their game together, that the division is still in reach, that that none of those teams are going to be able to run away from them uh, the way they're playing right now. Absolutely. Uh, very good points. Uh, we got to hear some of Ruben's thoughts earlier. Make sure you guys go check out uh, the ISO block with Ruben Brown up there on Believe as of right now. But Ruben, you want to give us your thoughts on the on the game, um, you know, once more about just, you know, who were some special players coming out of that game that you, you really saw maybe take a step forward that you weren't expecting? 
well, I, I expected the Bills to have a good, um, I would say, they got great players. They got it on paper, the Bills are number one contender. So, you know, we're just waiting each week for these guys to show up and do what we expect them to do. So, um, like, uh, the great play by Edmonds and Poyers and the different guys, we're kind of at the point where we're expecting them to do it because they're like they're the contenders, so we, we need them to do it. Um, the guy, like we said last week, that really stood up and um, shined overall other than the two interceptions and other play was Matt Milano. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so – Guys like him playing, um, it, it it's it shines a light on him, but it's kind of like we expect you to play that well, you know, because this is a, supposed to be a Super Bowl team. So things like that are uh, to be expected. That's what stood out for me in, in that particular game, other than the fact that the Bills showed a type of toughness in the face of adversity that they're going to need to go forward well, because uh, their coaching didn't falter and get, you know, flustered because guys were going down and the game wasn't going the way it wanted to. They found a way to win the game opposed to like Jackson. I mean, not Jacksonville, but um, Baltimore. Miami. I think Baltimore found the way to, you know, to lose the game. You know, but that's what happens when you're playing a good team where I transition over here to Bills playing the Steelers. This is what the Bills need to watch out at all intents and purposes. Uh, sorry, Alan, the Bills are going to beat the, the Steelers. But and you know this because you report on the Steelers in the they are not a team that you walk in and take lightly just for the simple fact of who is coaching them, you know, and some of the weapons they have, you cannot sleep on this team. And that is why that whole division over there is up for grabs because these are scrappy teams over there. Pittsburgh is a scrappy team. Baltimore is uh, a top-tier team. It can be even more so when they're healthy. Um, Cleveland's a scrappy team. And if you want to say so or not, they scrappy. And then you got Cincinnati. So um, they're all formidable teams, not something that the Bills definitely can't overlook at all. And, and these are – this is a season – this is – Steelers are like the Bills in a way. They've been tested. You know, they've been through tough times. and So it's not going to be too much slamming of the helmets on on each side of this this bar, it's going to be some real coaching and playing that's going to happen on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Because the Bills found themselves in unfamiliar territory last week. Um, you know, ever since the the turn of the team, if you will, you know, Josh's third season where they've kind of taken their step forward, they don't find themselves down by two you know touchdowns or more or too often uh they're usually the one blowing teams out so for them to show that fortitude to come back in that second half and, and you know uh you know make the plays to to come back and win that game i think it, it showed a lot you know it, it showed the 
that you it shows you that your team is made of the right stuff that you want them to be made of, you know. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and get into another AFC East team that had a comeback over an AFC North team last week. Uh the Jets defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but it was said that Kenny Pickett did come in and, and it gave a little spark. Alan, you want to speak to that and uh how he performed, what you expect from him going forward? Yeah, I thought Pickett was pretty good at moving the offense and better than Mitch Trubisky had been. Um, but you also saw the rookie, you know, he, he has a a bad, uh, just a, a really poor play when he, he throws a lateral at the feet of Jalen Warren. They lose some yardage. They kind of get behind the sticks. They were in field goal range. Now it's kind of questionable. And then he makes a really bad decision to throw back across his body, across the field, high to Pat Frymuth. It gets tipped and intercepted. And the Jets go down and win the game. Now there's a lot of reasons why the Steelers lose that game. It's not just Kenny Pickett. But I think it just shows that, you know, he, he comes in and he's – obviously gets there the fans are behind him and they're excited and the offense is feeling good and then you know there's going to be good and bad when you're playing a rookie i mean the, the buffalo fans know that more than just about anybody you saw what josh allen has become compared to what he was it's it's dramatic right and so i think that there are going to be some of those growing pains there are going to be some moments where he looks like the player that uh, they hope he can be in the future and there might be some moments where he cost them a little bit, and and I think they have to kind of accept that they've gone to him. They're going to give him a chance and uh, to prove himself. But you're definitely going to see some ups and downs. The the thing that's kind of cool about Kenny and, and just about his personality is he's super tough, super um, competitive, and and just uh, a hyper uh, focused young man that's that's really into his craft. And I think. Uh, that gives you hope that that he can be he can be that guy eventually. But you know, even though he's an older player and even though he's pro ready, you know that's a I think that's a misnomer. There's no ready for the NFL. You you have to you have to learn when you get there. And um, I do think, I mean, obviously he's not the same kind of guy physically that Josh Allen is, and he's not going to have to probably do um, the same kind of changes to his mechanics and things that Josh Allen had to do. But I think there's going to be that kind of learning curve for him at this level, especially when you have guys that are want to use their legs and want to be physical at the quarterback position. Like you have to learn that, you know, you, you run past the defensive end in college. He stays back there. Um, You run past an NFL defensive end. It takes him three strides to catch you and then break your leg. (laughs) Like So like it's that, that is going to take some time and and there's going to be some, some growing pains in there, but he's the big topic about the team this week. They lost that game to the Jets. Nobody's really happy about it, but I think almost everybody is still very excited to see what Kenny Pickett can do, given an opportunity. And I think I like the attitude that it, it, that has kind of brought to the team a little bit better. They went to that Cincinnati game. Uh, you know, they really had a chip on their shoulder. They're big underdogs. They didn't think anybody was giving them a chance. And they won that game and they lost TJ Watt. And I think that kind of took the wind out of their sails in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see that belief uh, that those guys went out there in those next two, three games and really thought they were going to do it. I think Pickett brings back a little bit more of that belief where they're like, okay, here's a guy that we can get behind and maybe he can lead us to something. All right, real quick. Uh, you mentioned things like hyper-focused and competitive and mature. These are, you know, these, these are things you hear about you know, quarterbacks that could potentially be great one day. So, you know, under your estimation, do you think that Kenny Pickett has what it takes to be the franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think he has everything that you would want. Um, 
But th that is the hardest thing, I think, in football to find out is there are lots of guys that look like they have everything that just, for whatever reason, don't ever put it all together. Uh, we've seen so many guys get drafted very highly with very similar skill sets and, and abilities. I mean, I think about some guys that were way at the top of the draft, right? Like Sam Bradford, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between those guys? I mean, like physically, they're they're all basically the same, right? They're all taken high. They all got lots of opportunities. Uh, one guy basically washed out of the league. One guy's had a mediocre career, and one guy won a Super Bowl. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's it's not. You can only scout so far, and then a guy mm -hmm. has to take it from there. And 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 I think you know part of it is is just the personality of him. I like Kenny's personality. I think I think he'll do every all the work he can do to be great. Uh, I don't think he has the absolute strongest arm in the world compared to other NFL quarterbacks. I think that'll be something he'll always have to work around. But I mean, look, I think mean, Tom Brady doesn't have the absolute strongest arm compared to NFL quarterbacks either. Like it can right. be worked around. It's just a question whether he can do everything else and, and whether the team around him can put him in positions to be successful. I think the Steelers offensive line uh, needs to be able to protect him and really let him you know, do his thing. If he's running around a lot, we're going to see a lot more of those rookie mistakes uh, than if he is in the pocket with time to process and and do do his thing. So it, it's a lot of that. But I think he has the obviously has the the potential to be great. Um, whether he is able to be that, I, I don't think anybody knows yet. Fair enough. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, Rue, let me ask you. You know, when you look at the Jets this year, obviously this isn't the same inept team. You know that they had last year or in years past, right? Uh, you know, with the comeback against Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think it would necessarily say it was Kenny Pickett's fault that they lost. I think, you know, uh, that could have potentially happened, whether it was Pickett or Trubisky in the game. Um, do you think that the Jets are being better or do you think that the Steelers are, are like regressing in the sense that that's why the Jets were able to, to get that W? Uh, I know that the Jets are better. They're definitely better than what they were in the past. And I think the season will tell you how good the Steelers are also, you know. So I don't think you had one superior team playing another, uh, an inferior team with the Jets and the, and the Steelers, and then, you know, the inferior team somehow surprised them. No, I think it's the, um, actually the, the talent and the skill – that was out there is a lot more evenly matched than people were saying on paper. Uh, so that being said, I think they brought Kenny out there in a really tough position to get to get a, a to start getting things going to spark some energy. And I think what you saw is some of the mistakes you saw from him, turnovers and things. You know that was part of that excitement of him being a part of the spark, you know, throwing across your body. He know he, he can't make that. Throw. I, I, I'm a pit Panther. I know he, he's, he don't have that great of an arm. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of throws he made back in the day, we used to pray. It's a good, yeah, it got there. Okay. You know? So uh, I think he has all the qualities to make, the Steelers are a stronger team as the season goes on down the road. Um, 
but the uh, tail of the tape is going to be how he's going to handle everything week in and week out coming forward because they're going to start compiling a tape on his tendencies and start attacking that and such. But uh, and to go back with the, the whole thing with the Jets, the Jets are better than you think they are. Yeah, I, I, there, man. I, I agree. Yeah. I think the Jets are like people in Pittsburgh were like, man, how'd they lose the Jets? I was like, mm, man, Stills played that game without their best player. And I think yeah. the talent was pretty even. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the Jets are a lot better than people give them credit for. Mook, when you look at the Steelers, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they have one of the greatest coaches of all time uh, that, you know, the history is entrenched. You know, it is what it is. You know, the, the the identity of the team, you know what it is. It's smash mouth, hard, you know, football. The Like we said earlier when me and Ruben were talking, they've led the league in sacks the last five seasons, um, obviously without T.J. Watt. What is a, a, a section of the team or, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A group, you know, um, that – the Steelers have that they could build on, you know, to help them kind of uh, get their uh, to rise back I can't figure out for the life of me what in the hell happened to the Steelers offense. It just fell off in the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, okay, you don't got Juju Smith-Schuster anymore, but you still have Deontay Johnson, still got Clay, uh, 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 Chase Claypool. And you got George Pickens. I don't understand what the problem is. You got Pat Frymuth out there playing on the edge. You got Najee Harris. You know, <laughs> come on. Like, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on with why they're not able to score points. So I do understand the game is one up front, but, you know, they're not going to ever have a, a, a below average line. That's one thing I can tell you about the Steelers. They're not going to have a below average line because that's not their demeanor and that's not how they play football. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe it's the new OC, uh, but hey, he has Pickett out there, and you know, what, 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 what hell of a way to make your road debut as a rookie quarterback going up against the predicted, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl favorite. You know what yeah. I mean? With this defense, Ron Miller and those guys on the road, so um, he's definitely going to have a tough. He's going to have a tough outing. Because, I mean, not only that, you playing against one of the – well, I'll take that back. Jordan Poirier is not playing, but he will have a familiar guy back there playing safety, a guy that knows him very well, and DeMar mm -hmm. Hamlin. <laughs> and, you know, also Dane Jackson, those guys are Pitt Panthers, and they, you know, they all three of those guys were captains, you know, leading those guys, you know I mean, to top 25 starting, getting the program back, you know, where it started. But it's going to be pretty interesting to see that matchup. What do you think about that, Al? I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about for this game and glad to see Dane uh, back out there after that really scary injury earlier this year. Um, but yeah, those guys are awesome. And and I think DeMar is the, the kind of the perfect kind of player to, uh, to take advantage of some of that. He's a really smart guy at that safety position. Um, and, and I definitely think he's the kind of player that can pick at somebody's tendencies a little bit, like Ruben was saying. He doesn't have to wait for the league to get the tape on Kenny Pickett. He knows what they are. He watched mm -hmm. them practice for four years together. Um, so I, I think maybe we'll get a preview of what the rest of the league is going to try to do to Kenny Pickett based on what DeMar and Dane come up with this week because those guys probably know him better than any DB in the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I definitely think that could be an advantage for the Bills. Obviously, you know, you wish you were going out there with – with White and Hyde and Poyer and, and, you know, 
the, the, the team that was, you know, expected to go to the Super Bowl. But I, I, I like the Bills' depth there, and, and I think uh, – I thought Elam looked really good too. I mean, I, I don't think that there's been this – I mean, con- considering the quality of player that's missing from that secondary, I don't think there's been this horrendous drop-off. Like, it, it they, those guys have stepped up in a big way. Yeah, yeah. Frazier did an awesome job with that secondary. Just like last year, you wouldn't think that Tredavious White was out. You know, that long, the way the Bills was, you know, just not missing a beat out there. So, you know, that's a tribute to, you know, Coach Frazier. You know, also McDermott. But, you know, they do a good job on that defensive end, developing the guys and, you know, getting getting everything out of those guys. So, and when you look at it, it's like, Bills is nothing but continuity and familiarity. These guys have been in the Bills system for, you know, six years, everybody. You know, so that's unheard of, right, Rube? Like, just imagine if y'all would have had y'all core guys here for at least six, seven years straight, you know? Well, you know, yeah. but the Bills recognize that, and they right yeah. now they're a top contending team because of that. Yeah, they got good coaching. Mm-hmm. Well, take a look at Kenny Pickett, obviously a rookie quarterback. Uh, he's going to be making his first start ever in Buffalo. Uh, Alan, can you speak to that real quick? Just, you know, what is it, what's the message coming from your community about like, would you guys have rather seen Trubisky play his former team or are y'all comfortable with the rookie getting a start versus the number one defense? I think there were some questions about the timing of going to, going to Kenny, especially going to him at halftime. I think most people, I think, look, I don't think there's the turnovers that he has in that first game. If you give him a whole week of practice reps, being the starting quarterback. I mean, I just think you put them in a better position to succeed. And they had – they played the Browns on Thursday night in week three. They had 10 days from between the Browns and the Jets. They had a bonus day Monday. There was two extra film days. Like, if they were going to go to him, I think that probably would have been the better time. And then he would have one game under his belt already as a starter before he goes into this stretch. And it's not just Buffalo. They have – their next four games are Buffalo, Tampa, Miami on the road, Philly on the road. Like, this is the hardest stretch of their season right here, and you're going to have a rookie quarterback going in uh, to his first road environment. I mean, in my experience, top two or three plays to play in the NFL as far as the, the, the crowd being into it, the, the, the weather, the, you know, the, whole, the whole combination of, of you know, tough, play, tough place to play, Buffalo's it. And, uh, and so – all that being said, I don't think most most of that stuff will actually bother Kenny. The the, the prep time will be the big thing. But, like, mindset-wise, he's not going to be bothered by the crowd. He's not going to be bothered by, you know, any of that stuff. Um, he he is a he's a rookie, but he's, he's totally got, like, ice in his veins about that stuff. His first college game, they played number two Miami, and he beat them. And, you know, he, he's been in plenty of – big stadiums uh, in his time as, as a college player. So I'm not worried about that aspect of it, but I do think there's a lot going on with the Steelers offense that playing in Buffalo is good. They had six offensive penalties in the first half last mm. week in the Jets. And, um, you know, that is a place where you're going to have offensive penalties in Buffalo. So, like, they've got to get that cleaned up. That You know, um, and so – there's a lot of other stuff going on. I'm not worried about Kenny Pickett, like the rookie quarterback melting from the scene, but I just the Steelers offense is not in a good place right now. And this is a tough, tough place to get right. Like that's that's a big yeah. ask. Yeah. I, although I mean the inexperience and we've seen it. 
be a positive for some people sometimes in, in terms of you don't know what you don't know. Uh, you know, you go out there with that inexperience. You don't know this is uh, Buffalo, which is tough to play in. You don't know this is the number one defense. Like, so maybe, you know, going in there with a little bit of ignorance can can work out for them a little bit. But, Rube, when you take a look at the Steelers and their weapons, they are loaded. I mean, Mookie mentioned them earlier, Fryermuth, Pickens, Johnson, Claypool, Najee Harris. Like, they, they have a ton of weapons. Uh, versus a beat-up secondary, you don't have your two all-pro safeties, you don't have your all-pro cornerback, you don't have your rookie phenom and Christian Benford. Do you think uh, there's any room for error there with those those uh, weapons over there? Totally. There's a lot of room for error. And uh, to think uh, that, uh, you know, here's the problem over in Pittsburgh now. The players themselves, they can go out and beat the Bills on Sunday. The players couldn't beat the Bills. The Bills are tripping and go out there with, with not the right mindset. The Steelers, as players, can go and win that game. Um, injuries are piled up on both sides, but it seems like it's more on the Bills' side. The coaching really is the key to victory. And right now... The offense for the Steelers is the hang-up guys. That's, that's the X factor in the room that's going to decide the game. If these, if the offensive system coordinators, coaches can figure out a way, and we all know what needs to be done, get the ball out of Kenny's hands really fast. And if they don't do that, Kenny's going to have a, a hard time. Now, we know Kenny, he's he's a regular quarterback. Watch him at Pitt. He can throw it to these talented receivers, and they could do damage. You know what I mean? And they could do damage against very good defenses, which we have a good defense. Mm -hmm. You know? So, so this game definitely for me. You know, it, it, we I think we spoke about it earlier, Justice. It's like People use the word trap game. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a trap game for the Bills because if they don't come out with a chip on their shoulder and take the Steelers as a serious team, the Steelers are loaded end-to-end -end with playmakers. Our only problem they have is the question around offensive line, all right, there's some issues there, all right. That's all everybody's – listen, I'm old lineman. Every year, everybody complained about the old line. All right, every team, the line is never good enough unless you win a Super Bowl. All right, so put that aside and let's talk about the execution, the plays, and all of that stuff. It just hasn't been happening for the Steelers, and that's really the only advantage the Bills have. If these Steelers don't find that consistency that helps them move the chains and get down the field and threaten for scores. They don't always have to score a touchdown, but threaten to score because the defense they have over there is enough to scare you if the offense is holding on to the ball and moving it, getting in field goal range and stuff like that. The quarterback definitely can do that if he's getting the ball out of his hands really quick. Not, And I'm saying all of this Window dressing for everyone to culminate this with. It's about the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> this offensive coordinator for the Steelers is going to be on Sunday 
um, to be able to help his uh, young quarterback be able to get the ball into his top players' hands. That's really the game plan. Yeah, so that means you're going to see a lot of Najee Harris tomorrow. I say pick it. I think it's start. I think after watching the game, I think pick it and pick it like each other. It might be a right. main press there. Yeah, so, and that's that's a matchup we're gonna you talk know, about. And that's a matchup right there. They get and, and listen, we all know this. It, you could be Tom Brady and you could be Al Brady. If you get a good, reliable guy that you can call, look around and turn and just throw it to him and mm-hmm. trust him, now you got some you dangerous. You know, you got a whole nother thing happening. Yeah, but we, so. we 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 got a rookie too over there, Rube. That's 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 on an island over there, and and teams are not throwing at that guy. And you know. he played against George Pickett. Yeah, at Georgia, and I don't yeah. think he caught a pass then. So, you know, we'll hey, see. That's gonna be a very interesting matchup Move. tomorrow. Now, see this. I like to play devil's advocate. You know, <laughs> now you know you don't think he don't had that in his mind. And been waiting yeah. to get to the NFL and show <laughs> the world. <laughs> hey, that, that, that was then. That game. zero catch game was a fluke. I'm going exactly. to show you. Kanye I'm going to show you. <laughs> real dog, a real dog is going to say, all right, I yeah. challenge. Let's go try this again. So mm-hmm. I, I throw a little. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, somebody getting the best of you one year and you looking forward an opportunity to, to pay him back. I mean, yeah. they got us in the season opener last year. You know, yeah. Melvin Ingram absolutely went crazy. TJ Watt went crazy. Now, of course, they don't have either of those guys for this game. Uh, and Melvin Ingram obviously ain't on the team anymore, but they still have the league's leading sacker and Alex Heisman still have Cam Hayward. You know, they, they still have the requisite pieces to create, a you know, some pressure for them. Uh, does is that where you at all move? You know what I'm saying? With the offensive line, do do you uh, how much of a challenge are they in for? As far as who the uh, Steelers, Buff- line? Buffalo Bills offensive line, Bills O line. Um, TJ Watt had knee surgery today, yeah. You know, he had you know, <laughs> he was out for a peck, but he's having knee surgery. Allen, Allen is uh, Cam healthy? Uh, I mean, Cam's beat up. But he's really? gonna play, but he is not a hundred percent. Okay. But Cam is Cam and yeah, Bill's offensive yeah. line in that area is our who? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, this is again <laughs> okay. again, and we know Bates Cam and a dog, alpha dog. I mean, 80% Cam is a as a hundred percent on any the, the son of iron head. Come on, man. And I tell you what, guys. Alex Highsmith looks like a different player this year, too, man. He's really come on. He looks really good. I think the big thing for the Steelers is that they can get pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they bring down Josh Allen? Like, that's – they let Zach Wilson get away last week. Dad, yeah. I think they had 10 pressures and one sack in that game. Like, if they do that again, they're going to lose. Um, yeah. But if they can if they can bring them down when they get to them, uh, they can get pressure for sure. Yeah, well, Let me, this is what Mitch Morris had to step up. I, I went on and let yeah, me say yeah, Mitch they, Morris is going to have a Pro Bowl season this year. So, again, hey, it's money time, Mitch Morris. You got Cam right. Hayward. Let's see, see what that matchup's about. I'm going to throw this back at you. This is going with my theme. The player's going to win this game one way or another. You know, the ball's going to either get turned over a penalty or something like that. But this is going to be on these coaches this Sunday. 
because Alan, it moved. Y'all know, uh, uh, on his worst day, Cam is better than our starting center. All right, <laughs> we know that, right? Cam is better than our. So I, I'm sorry, Buffalo. Let's just call it how it is. The dude across from him is practically going to be a legend. Well, yeah, dude, uh, Cam Edwards will be a Hall of Famer. I mean, we, we, it, coaching comes into play now. Like, hey, all right, we have a sizable disadvantage in this area, and it's important that we protect this so Josh can throw the ball, step up, go through progression, do all this thing without some big 300-pound guy in his lap or pushing around, throwing a hand up in the in the sight of his vision. What are we going to do to keep that from happening? Because just that one aspect in coaching gets overlooked, and then you get in the game, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, we didn't expect all this pressure up the middle. We were waiting for it to come off the edge. No, you got a monster in the middle. Don't listen. I played my very first game I played in pro football. I played Michael Dean Perry. It was later in his career. All right. Y'all know that name. All right. That was my very first game. And I was playing in Denver. My offensive uh, coach, Tom Preston, says to me, he's like, oh, he's an old guy. Don't worry about it. Baby, you got him. You got him. Kent Hall, who is all-world center for Jim Kelly forever, the Cape Gun Center, turned around and looked at me, and he said, don't you believe that? This He's still alive, ain't he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he old, but he's still alive. And then he's going to come out and play this game. So don't you go in there thinking, oh, yeah, Cam ain't what he used to be. Cam's uh, he, who he always has been. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely, I guarantee the Steelers are counting on that to be in their favor. Mm-hmm. And you I know, think coaching-wise, they better get on the game plan. And I think that's really important because, like, if you the, the Steelers played the Patriots, the Patriots aren't you know, nobody, they're not a big running team, right? But they ran the ball really effectively <laughs> against the Steelers to keep the Steelers away from Mac Jones. And coaching. I think. That's a big like the Bills don't run the ball that much. Uh, I think they're going to have to just to keep the keep the Steelers from teeing off on Josh Allen. The Steelers' run defense is not that good. Um, I think they're fifth in yards per game against on the run, fifth worst. I mean, and and so I think that's I agree. I think it's if they can do what New England did and sort of change up their style to attack where the Steelers' weaknesses are, I think it can work. If they try to throw the ball thirty-five times. Steelers are going to get to Josh Allen some of them, yeah. and then if they get a couple turnovers, that's yeah. that's how they win the game. That that's how the, like they're thinking. Okay, how do we win? All right, this is yeah. how it's got to go down. So I I I, I think I agree. I think it's the coaching and and if they and they can change their scheme up a little bit to attack the Steelers' weakness, they can keep that from happening. Hey, Mook, uh, tell me, well, what's the matchup you looking forward to for tomorrow? We just named a few of them. You know, and you know, I'm in. I like Pickens versus Elam. I mean, because it's really going to boil down to that matchup. And you know, like Al was saying, Ruben was saying as well that you know, 
uh, Kenny Pickett had some sort of rapport with Pickens because training camp, you know, they was the ones getting the most reps as the twos, you know, per se. So, you know, he, you know, he established that. And then that's what they draft him to be. Y'all guys are the future. So get used to each other, you know, you know, you know, how to get a feel for one another. And, you know, he's going to him out there. So when that happens one-on-one and that's going to happen one-on-one tomorrow, I want to see who's going to win that battle. Will it be Pickens? Or will it be, you know, Kair Elam? He's definitely going to get, you know, we're definitely going to see what Kair Elam is all about uh, tomorrow. When you look at it, you know, from a Steelers perspective, what's a matchup that you guys, that you believe you guys can exploit to maybe come out, uh, you know, with a W tomorrow? Hmm. A matchup to exploit. I, I think one of the things the Steelers need to do is they need to be able to block Von Miller without help. Um, Pat Fryermuth is not a particularly good blocking tight end, and he's one of their best playmakers. They need him, and, and I think he has an advantage over most of the guys that Buffalo could have covering him. I don't know if Trillian Edmonds is going to play, um, but like the all those guys, I think Fryermuth can beat all the slot guys, all the linebackers. I, I think he can beat those guys. Mm-hmm. But he can't beat them if he's attached to the right tackles hit, holding on to Von Miller for dear life. Mm-hmm. Like, that that doesn't work. Um, so I, I think that's a place they have to win um, because if, if they keep him in, he's not even that good of a blocker anyway, um, but if they keep him in a lot, I, I think it really reduces, you know, it, it really cuts the, what they can do down on an offense. There was a play, uh, Kenny Pickett threw an interception, it was kind of a jump ball and and a little bit underthrown looking at Chase Claypool. Uh, but one of the things that when you're looking at the film that really stood out to that play is there's only three receivers in routes, mm-hmm. and it's cover two. So one of them's double covered. So there was really only two places that he could feasibly throw the ball mm-hmm. because they felt like they needed to protect the, to help the offensive line. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do that all game, I think it's going to be tough to take advantage of of a beat up bill secondary. I think they need to find a way. Chuksa Corpor has played against Miller. I think this is his third time. And he's done pretty well against him. He's a pretty good pass protector. He's not a great run blocker. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to test him and, and leave him out there alone as much as they can and see if they can let Fryermuth and, and Najee get out of the, the backfield and uh, go make some plays out in the middle of that Buffalo defense and in the slot area where I think they're a little bit vulnerable. But uh, that's a big ask. Von Miller's obviously a really special talent, and uh, like Ruben said, he's not young, but he's been—he's still living, right? Like, <laughs> he's still alive. It's <laughs> um, something different. So that, that'll be a tough task, but I think that's a, a really important matchup for the Steelers to win. Ruben, what about you? What, what do you think? Oh, you got. Oh, oh I think the same thing. I really—I looked at it as you know, if the Steelers are going to be effective. They're going to have to get as many guys out into their routes as possible so Kenny can find people to hit easily, opposed to, like you just said, looking in, into the defensive coverage and like your guys are all double. You know, you, you, you need, they're going to have to be some one on one wins up front on the offensive line or, you know, schemes that allow 
the receivers to get out into their routes and to also give the quarterback a chance. I really think that it's really about getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand really quick. And that in that case, you don't really necessarily need your tight end to be blocking against anyone. And trust me, I raise my hand. It's a lot of really good tight ends that have played the game. Ben Coates is probably one of the greatest blocking and receiving tight ends. After that, the rest of them are either one or the other. All right. There's no the very, very bad. I named one guy. Some y'all throw another name in there that matches that down the road, but you're gonna be back in the 80s. <laughs> Heath Miller out there is a guy who did a pretty right. well plays, but there are very few of them. You're, you're, you you're see definitely. what I'm saying? So yeah. a mistake a lot of times offensive coordinators will you, make muted mook mookie a mistake offensive coordinators make sometimes is they do think, oh, we have, we could, if only the tight end could block it for a second, then we'd be okay. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Can't happen. Never. never. The, the, the dudes that play at ends against the tight end, tight end need to run and get out there, turn around and catch the ball. So I, I see really that the case, you know, getting the ball over to the Steelers skilled players, if they can accomplish that. And then if you look over on the defensive side, and I'm talking about, I've already predicted that the Bills are going to win, but I'm talking about it on the Steelers side for them that they would look to win. Um, over on the defensive side, we've already said it's going to have to come up front, attacking and, and getting in, getting some people up in Josh's face and causing him to move around and, and making it difficult. You know, for uh, for him to find his weapons, but other than that, you know, it's going to be a tall order. I throw one more out there. Uh, the Steelers won this game last year because they got a special teams touchdown on a punt block. Um, they're going to a different punt returner this year, this week. Steven Sims is going to replace Gunnar Olszewski. I thought he looked awesome in the preseason as a punt returner. So uh, maybe they got a maybe they got a trick up their sleeve with him. Again, see if they can get a big play on special teams. That goes along. You're trying to win as a 14-point underdog. You probably got to get one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we do all this talking about sports and then every so often we forget about the special teams when if we really want to break this down, the special teams sometimes come out to be the biggest reason why any of these damn teams win or lose. One way or another, you know, it's either a horrible play that happened on special teams that flips the field and calls the turnover and causes situations that you can't get out of, or something really good happens from you for you on special teams, which gives you the advantage and helps either your offense or your defense. And we forget that aspect of it a lot. Yeah, so it's just like one guy that I would say that can do that room as far as a tight end. Robert Gronkowski, I have to throw him in that side. So he, he he can he can block in. He ain't no big coach. He ain't no uh, big coach. I'm I'm hardcore. I tell Rob to his face. He ain't no big coach. Close, just close. The, uh, the next no guy that's close. He he, he a Martellus? good Shannon Sharp. Martellus? He's a good Martellus Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp a good receiver. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of figure Steelers game plan will probably be. Quick game, use your running back, 
um, you know, do some stand up, some bubble screens with Deontay Johnson. Take your shots on the boundary with George Pickens, isolated one on one against Kyrie yeah. Elam. Um, probably want to find Claypool down the seam somewhere uh, to keep Demar Hamlin occupied, and then you know you can run the layouts for Fryer move. Um, so they again, they got those type of weapons. We don't know how Matt Canada is going to dial this thing up, you know. So they have the weapons to keep a high-powered offense off the field. Um, we're just going to see, you know, who's going to win their battles, um, you know, um, come tomorrow. But, Al, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Steelers' secondary. They're a little bit banged up over there. And how's my guy um, Levi Wallace been doing over there? Well, they're, they're pretty beat up. Uh, so Akella Witherspoon's not going to play. Terrell Edmonds is not going to play. Minka Fitzpatrick has a knee injury. He is going to play, but he's not going to be 100%. Cam Sutton is questionable with a ham groin. I don't know. They're all connected, something like that. Uh, and Levi had a foot injury and was limited this week. So they're all – all five of them are beat up. Uh, I think what really happened – Levi had a tough game with the Jets. I think what really happened to the secondary is that this was a unit – they brought Brian Flores in – and one of the things they wanted to do was be more multiple and to use different coverages and different packages and different coverages out of different packages and really give themselves options. They feel like Cam Sutton can play slot corner, can play outside corner, can play free safety. They think Minka Fitzpatrick can play free safety, can play slot corner. They think Art Bullett can do both of that. Trey Norwood can do both of that. So they can come out and have their, their package not dictate their – alignment and their coverage and they can line up one way and then play it a different way and confuse people and then people started getting injured right they had Demonte Kazee he's out uh, they, they played without Witherspoon they played the second half against the Jets without Edmonds and all of a sudden that whole second half against the Jets they played the same five guys in the secondary every single snap yeah. and so this plan that came into the season where they were going to do all this different stuff and confuse people and, and try to keep people off guard. Instead, they got real boring and real basic real quick. And uh, I think they have to find a way to get back to some of that using the personnel they have available to them. But like Trey Norwood is going to play strong safety. Probably he it was the first time he ever played there in his life last Sunday. Um, he's a real small guy for a strong safety. Um Probably wouldn't even try it if Knox was going to play, but I guess um, they feel like they're not going to get beat up too bad by the tight end without him in there. So uh, that's going to be real interesting. Uh, Levi's going to have some tough assignments, man. He's he's going to be tested this week because they need him to be really good. Um, but but they're, they're beat up for sure. And and the one thing they have is that Minka is, is – even when he's not – doing anything he gives every other defensive back one tenth of a second because the quarterback before he throws every ball has to be like all right where's 39 okay there uh, so like every other db gets like this much more time just when he's on the field because uh he's that dangerous uh the guy back there but yeah they're beat up man they're leaning on levi really hard probably too hard right now uh based on the, the injuries they have other places and uh he's he's gonna get I assume he's going to get big a lot. I, I would assume. Mm. What does that look like? I mean, I, you guys would probably know better than I would, but like, <laughs> in, in the Steelers are traditionally like a big cover three team. I feel like what that would look like is a lot of ten yard passes, and and it's 
catch and tackle, you know, uh, and tr- just try not to get beat deep. Uh, I would assume that's that's what it would look like in that circumstance. I don't know what I mean. I think they have a lot up there. You know, they Brian Flores is a very creative coach. He's got a lot of ideas, and their defensive playbook is maybe as thick as I've ever seen it, as far as like what they've got in already. Um, so I'm curious to see what they come up with with the limited personnel they're going to have. Um, I think we might see them come out and do some different stuff we haven't seen before because what they ended the game with against the Jets definitely wasn't working. When you look at the Bills' uh, offense the last couple of weeks, Mook, you know, the the wide receivers ain't really been putting up too many, you know, crazy, crazy numbers, right? Last week, Devin Singletary was our second leading receiver. Uh, the week before that, it, it's really been the Josh Allen show and the Stephon Diggs show. There hasn't really been that other wide receiver to step up uh, so far yet. Obviously, Gabriel Davis has been dealing with injuries and so forth and so forth. But who is somebody who you're looking forward to seeing them step up tomorrow and maybe, you know, become the second leading receiver as opposed to a running back doing it? Well, I think Gabe Davis has really played, you know, back into, I want to say floor strength. I could say he's he's looking about a good 90% out there. Uh, he's starting to plant and cut a little bit more better off that ankle. So, you know, hopefully we, he'll, you'll see a better game out of him. Um, you know, basically he is that deep threat for Josh when teams want to double Stefan. But Joyce has been good, doing a good job of moving digs around. So you might see him playing slot matched up against Levi Wallace one-on-one. And we pretty much know what that matchup is going to be like if that was ever to be the matchup. But I'm quite sure. They're going to try to move guys around to create those mismatches and take uh, advantage of, um, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, secondary, you know, rid of with all those injuries. So um, Khalil Shakur, um, you know, Khalil is still the fifth-round pick from out of Boise State. I look for him to, you know, have a solid performance. Um, uh, Isaiah Hoskins, uh, you know, he was uh, elevated off the practice squad. So um, I think that he's going to have, you know, a solid game too. And finally, we're going to have a bigger target out there for Josh. I mean, I know Kumaro is, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but, you know, Hodge has been, you know, here since, you know, <laughs> he came in with Gabe Davis. So another guy, a continuity, familiarity guy, and um, maybe we can get some going with him in the red zone. Or Dawson Knox is going to have a breakout game. So we'll just have to see how Coach Dorsey's really going to dial this up. But what's going to be intriguing is how the Bills are going to find a way to run the football Uh a lot of outside zones. Just give Devin Singletary some sweeps. Let him create an open space. Don't want to run into guys like Hayward. Make them chase you. Tire them out. Uh, you know, so you know, it's going to be pretty interesting around. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, real quick before we move on, because I got a question for Rube. Dawson Knox is actually not going to be playing. Tomorrow. All right, right. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. So, does that mean you are expecting big things from Quentin Morris? Right. Yeah, it'd be Quentin Morris or, like I said, um, you don't know what we're going to – we can get empty with Hodgins and James Cook out there. We, we You don't know <laughs> how this Bills team is going to uh, attack you. I have not yet seen 12 personnel, you know, and I saw that a lot in training camp. Maybe, you know, that was just because of O.J. Howard's being around, but I have not seen that yet. Maybe he's keeping that stashed away. It's going to be real intriguing to see how Coach Dorsey dialed this thing up this week. Yeah. All right, uh, Rube, you look at this game. They took the L versus Miami. Miami had a formula, right? It was short passes. They were sending blitzes, you know, mixing up the pressures to, to get to Josh a little bit. 
Um, obviously, statistically, the Buffalo Bills still dominated that game in Miami, but they didn't score enough points to win the game. The the Ravens came in again. The defense was 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 pretty strong, and you know they they manhandled us for the the first half at least. Is there anything you think this team, this Bills team, is susceptible to being taken advantage of uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers side of things? Uh, they I would say their own. I say either arrogance or confidence that all they got to do is just put Josh on the field and Josh will figure out a way to win the game. You know, um, he definitely, definitely they got a good scheme as far as passing the ball to several receivers out there. They got lots of options. You know, Stefan, as great as he is, Josh can pass the ball around to other guys to move the offense. And that's where you've seen success is them passing the ball to this guy, that guy. Next thing you know, they're in the end zone and 10 guys touch the damn ball by the time they got to the end zone. So that's not a problem. Like the problem with the Bills all along is they haven't decided to use their run game to attack anyone. It's all been Josh Allen. It's not a team. It's Josh Allen's show. And I really believe that they're going to have to start establishing the team. Team meaning somehow turn around, hand the ball off to someone, pitch the ball over to someone really quick, get it out of Josh's hand, and they make that play, make that one-yard run or two-yard run they need or get that first down instead of us every time we paid him for it but we know history will tell you you're not going to win the super bowl that way you're going to need some other help and so now is of the time to establish that while we are in some ways having some growing pains with the offensive line and um we know the teams are now the formula is to try to get as much pressure to Josh as quick as possible and, and get around them so you can disrupt it or, or possibly even cause turnovers because we have had turnovers, man, quite a few. And those could come back and, and bite us in the butt if we don't have an established running game. And, Alan, I think you you led to that. You, you said something to that factor. You know, if we – if we're not running the ball and we're just going to pass our game, you, I mean, listen, Buffalo, Houston Oilers lost to the Bills in the greatest comeback game because they did not think they needed to run the ball. And they, that season, was the best passing team in the NFL. And they came to Buffalo and lost again. All right. Uh, what's the Greek saying? It's the something, something you're bound to repeat, or it might happen to you. Look at history, yeah. it might happen to you. Establish a run game, and you problem solved. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. There you go. Um, Alan, I, I got a question for you. Um, this may be my personal bias, but I just simply don't believe in Cincinnati. I'm going to be honest with you. I think last year was a little bit of a fluke. I looked at the, the postseason run, and it seemed to be their defense was carrying everything, and what the defense didn't carry, Jamar Chase did the rest, right? Um, how good can the Steelers be 
in terms of AFC North, right? What's their ceiling? And, and uh, also, I mean, give me their floor as well. I mean, I, I think I have a hard time seeing them winning more than nine or ten games. Like, that's pretty much their ceiling. They they have really good players um, in certain spots, but they're not very well connected. You know, they, they don't – like, you have a really good running back in Najee Harris – but then you don't have linemen that are really good run blockers. Like the, the the better linemen are better pass blockers than they are run blockers. So they're not like, you know, and they have like, obviously Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt and Cam Hayward are incredible defensive players, but there are like, obvious weaknesses in the defense that can still be exploited. Um, and not, you know, they're not difficult ways to exploit them either. I just think the Steelers are, probably a year or two away from from building themselves back into being you know a, a top contending kind of team they just don't have they have really good players they just don't have enough talent you know there's there's honestly Ruben this reminds me of some of those pit teams in like the, yeah. the 2000s where it's like man how they lose games when they had Larry Fitzgerald and, Shady, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and that's because like you had some really good players and then you have some like really right. players in between and Top football is a team game. They, if you have weaknesses, teams will find them and exploit them, and they'll minimize the impact of your great players. And I think that's mostly what the Steelers are going through right now. And they also need to figure out, you know, if Kenny's going to be the guy quarterback, and if not, who is? Uh, that's obviously the biggest question for any team that's in that kind of position. As far as the floor, I just have a hard time believing that a Mike Tomlin coach team with as many good players as the Steelers have. Uh, could ever be just truly bad. Like they're not, I can't count them out of any game on the schedule. Um, they'll show up every week. They'll beat some teams that nobody thinks they have any business beating, whether it's this week or one of these next four games, like they're going to win one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I just know it. Like they will. Uh, that's who they are. And you know, they're not like, I remember that game against a couple of years ago it was late in the year and the Eagles looked like they were doing everything they could not to win that game. You can guarantee that is not what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do. They could be mathematically eliminated. They'll be out there bleeding and all over people trying to win one more game just because that's who they are. And so um, I ha- I don't think they have that low of a floor. They don't have that high of a ceiling, but I don't think they have that low of a floor either. So with that being said, with that being said, do you think Mike Tomlin will have a uh... – is his streak is a is a streak in jeopardy of having five hundred going over five hundred this year? I think it's in some jeopardy. So before this season, I predicted that they would go nine and eight, uh, but I had them starting two and two, and they're one and three right now. So they're behind where I where I had them on that pace. Uh, I did think they would lose all four of these games, so they they got to beat a team that they shouldn't. I think, and maybe one or two going forward. But their schedule does get a lot easier down the stretch. Um, and they have a lot of those big division games. Like they've already been to Cincinnati and they've already been to Cleveland. So they got the home side of the division coming. Um, but, but it's it's in jeopardy. That's for, for sure. It is definitely in jeopardy. I'll help you out, Alan, on this. I predict the, the uh, Steelers will win one of these next games coming up. Yeah, just right. will happen to be next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, real quick, uh, can you can you give us you know some of the energy? Like, I mean, obviously the tough loss, right? And then the comeback win, exhilarating, you know, tie energy, whatever. What's the energy like in the locker room, you know, uh, for this upcoming game versus the Steelers? Is there like 
a revenge factor or is it like, you know, we're better than those guys? Um, like I said before, it's, you know, it's the humble, humble but hungry approach. Um, they are aware of what happened last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in here and stealing one, you know, week one with that, with that special teams play. Um, you know, Josh talked about it. I mean, they locked in. Like, you don't even have to ask them the questions. They're, like, really answering the question. Like, you know, I asked Josh what was his uh, experience like as that first game, how it would correlate, you know, Kenny Pickett's. Uh, you know, he's like, man, I was just trying to figure out my left and my right, uh, understanding what I need to do to defenses and what defenses is trying to do to me. You know what I mean? And, you know, now you, you take those tools, and here it is. He's just this elite guy, you know, five years in, five years later. Um, you know, but it's just a tough, tough, tough deal with Kenny Pickett having to face this type of team in his debut, especially when you got a guy like Mitch Trubisky who's familiar with this area and this team, you know, breathing down your neck. You may see Mitch Trubisky uh, <laughs> tomorrow if this thing gets out of hand. I'm quite sure you will see Mitch out there. But, um, yeah, it's it's a humble but hungry approach. Uh, they're not sleeping on no opponent out there. They they understand those guys like Mika Fitzpatrick and you know, Cam Hayward, they definitely respect those guys. But they know deep down if they play their type of football, they know they'll they'll win this. But, you know, it's never easy playing Pittsburgh. You don't get – ain't no easy win with Pittsburgh no matter what team it is. Like Ruben said, as long as they got that coach over there, you're going to have to do some coaching to beat Mike Tomlin. I don't care who you have on your team. 100%. Absolutely. Um, me and Ruben, we were talking earlier, and um, I, I, I guess – we, we come away with, like, I haven't been able to watch Steelers film. Um, I've been sick as a dog this last week. But, uh, Alan, can you speak to a little bit just just how good is Alex Highsmith? Because we don't know a ton about him, but, I mean, he leads the league in sacks. He he had a hell of a game versus the Bengals. And, you know, he seems to be putting in work this season. So I think Alex Highsmith has a really, really, really underappreciated repertoire of pass rush moves. I love, like, he's just very creative about it. He's got a lot going on. Um, you know, when it comes to, I love a spin move. He's got a really nice ghost. He's pretty strong. Um, he's not the world's most like explosive athlete. who's just going to blow by people up the field. So it's not Michael Parsons. No, no. But <laughs> I, I think he's, you know, like, it's funny. He wears 56. Like sometimes out there, he reminds me of Lamar Woodley, right? Like it was mm-hmm. like that guy on the other side of James Harrison. That was really mm-hmm. good too. I think he can be that guy for TJ Watt. Uh, but, um, you know, the, it's just Robin, no Batman, right? Like yeah. that's, and, and that I think one of the things that's been really impressive with him the last few weeks is watching him deal with an extremely heightened level of attention from the other team. You know, what they're going into their meetings saying, oh, now I don't have to worry about 90. All right, what are we going to do to 56 this week? Uh, and he's been able to work through that. And I think that's really impressed me. Um, he, he, he He's not the greatest against the run, I think. Um, that's definitely the, the place where for a guy his size, he could probably improve. Uh, but as far as pass rushing, man, I, I think he's just a, a really technical, uh, talented guy, uh, that, that makes the most of his, his physical attributes and in a way that I, I really like to watch. I, I think he's a fun player. Um, if you really like to watch, like, I'm sure Ruben's not into this, but if you really like to like watch pass rush moves and, and guys that, that, uh, Really, uh, you know, take it, take that craft to another level. I, I think he's one of those guys. Oh, I, I love watching the skill, the art of it. And, you know, uh, these guys are three, four guys. The three, four defensive fronts 
pose a lot more difficulty for offenses than what people understand. So uh, those guys can come from a lot of different angles. And and that's what um, Justice and I were kind of saying. It's like, oh, who is this who, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> him, but he's really that good? I'm like, yeah, he, he's there. He's getting it done. He's using the different techniques that he has to – to get himself home, and it's, and it's not all what. It's, it's, it's him. It's his effort. On the flip side, to counter that, though, Al, uh, Greg Rousseau, four sacks already. Uh, he's already at his last year's total. What do you think about uh, uh, the season that he's having so far? Man, I, I saw it in college. I thought it was a great pick uh, by the front officer in Buffalo. I thought it was a great fit uh, for what they're doing. And then you know, it was the same thing. You put – just the number of of talented guys on that Buffalo defensive line, I think it makes them all better. You know, when they kind of come at you in waves, they can come at you from different angles. Um, it's and and yeah, I mean, look, I, I talked about. It. I think the Steelers have to focus on on what they do with Vaughn Miller. That probably means they're not that focused on what they're doing with Greg Russo, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to have some free shots at Kenny Pickett this week as a result of it. I, and you know. He's having a really good year too. I think those two guys are they're not that like super similar as far as players, but just like the role and what they're being asked to do and, and how they're taking advantage of that opportunity is is absolutely very similar. And um I I really like just the way that Buffalo's built that defense uh in general, but I think it's really cool to see like Russo and, and Boogie and and just the, the way that that defensive line is built that um, you don't really know. It, it's got to be really hard to game plan against to me because um, they just do so many different things with with the number of guys they have and, and the way they rotate. I, I think it's really fun. Yeah, just to give you a quick brief for our injury report, we already know five players from the Bills aren't playing. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is questionable with a hamstring. Uh, so that's something to be on the lookout for. Uh, you know, maybe this could be the game, no disrespect to the Steelers, that you know, the Bills may rest a few, few guys uh, preparing for that Kansas City game. Uh, uh, let's not forget about Ed Oliver Casuto for the first time in about three games. Uh, you know, Jordan Phillips, he may play, but they, another guy that they may save, uh, you know, for uh, Kansas City again. So the Bills are showing you how much quality depth these guys have. Uh, Joe Gauss-Harris, uh, you know, has been elevated from the practice squad, so maybe he'll get – a little bit of action if Tremaine Edmonds isn't to go with that hamstring. So that's something definitely to be looking out for first thing in the morning. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll give you more exclusive reporting on that one. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, before we get out of here, um, I, I actually want to have uh, ask you guys um, your opinions on this. Like the first quarter of the season, obviously, are 16 games, four games is first quarter, but it's 17. But we're still going to call it first quarter anyway, right? Course, yeah. Who is the first quarter player of the year so far, right, as we <laughs> go through it, right? Offense or defense, doesn't matter. I just want to hear you guys' opinion. Um, I'm going to start with you, Alan. Who do you think is uh, – uh, Pick Steelers or Bills, whoever, whichever team you prefer. Who's the uh, player of for one of these two teams? Yeah, oh, I think it's got to be Josh Allen. I mean, he's the whole Buffalo offense. I mean, it doesn't work without him. Um, it, none Fair. of it does. You know, there are some places and players where you know you look at the scheme and you look at the uh, the the totality of the talent and and the way they do things, or you know, a certain a unit or a package. Or, the whole Buffalo offense is the Josh Allen is 
really, really good. That's it. I mean, I think that it needs, like Ruben has said, it, it needs to eventually be more than that if they really want to feel like a, a contender to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doing all right <laughs> right now also. Like, it's not yeah. not a bad place either. But just, hey, that guy's really good. Let's let him win some games. Uh, I think they – Another thing is, like, he takes more hits than about any quarterback in the league. So it's not just about uh, do you, you know, is your offense versatile enough to be a Super Bowl contender? When that guy is your whole offense, uh, what happens if he's got to miss three games? Uh, I I think that's an ugly place for Buffalo right now. So I think he's the, to me, he's that guy because everything runs through him. But Mm -hmm. uh, they should probably find some ways to minimize exactly how much everything runs through him for the bigger picture. Ruben was absolutely saying that earlier. Um, But real quick, because I am actually very interested. I want to know who your Steelers pick would have been. Uh, I mean, it's TJ Watt, right? They had seven sacks against the Cincinnati Bengals and three weeks since then they have four. (laughs) he's their whole defense like he's unbelievable yeah week one, he went nuts he, and, he's beast and and they're just a different defense with him on the field than they they're still a good defense without him but they're he's He's, He's their Josh Allen on defense. Don't do for him for sure. Hey, he got paid like it. That's for sure. Rule, <laughs> uh, rule. Who you got? Who's your uh, MVP of the first quarter? Oh, uh, I. It's all. It's all Josh Allen. You know, I mean, coming into the season, everyone was speculating about the Bills, but I know. Um, the people that watch the Bills or talk about the Bills, they say it with a little a little grain of salt or like uh, the, the waiting to end. They're not really, are they? That's the sentiment I get. But Josh came out the door and like threw it open. Like, uh, I'm in the saloon, <laughs> line up the shots, motherfucker, because I'm ready to play. And he's doing it. So uh, Josh, hands down, in, in all the NFL, really, especially that, that opening uh, game against the Rams, the go and play the, um, the um, defending uh, Super Bowl champions and go out there and beat them in their house while they raising the banners. That, that's it. We're getting this thing started off right from the get-go. And then, you know, it's been Josh. And then I would say – same thing over on uh with the Steelers on the opposite side. I just said it. Uh, Watt is the Allen of the Steelers, to so to speak. You know, even though they still have a lot of great talent over there that can be effective against a lot of these other quarterbacks. But um, you know, Watt is that type of guy you go up into a game with, and if you had a a Josh Allen over there, you feel a little bit better because it's like, oh yeah, we got Watt can at least go go get some pressure on him. But without Watt, you know, and now it starts to look a little bit more daunting than than what me for sure. What about you? Yeah, what about you? Well, I mean, since y'all both took Josh Allen, you know, I mean, I got to go with Stephon Diggs. I mean, when you look at it. Um, right now, he's in top three in every statistical category you can have as far as a receiver standpoint. I wonder how many 
clutch catches he has because I've seen him with a lot of clutch catches in four games. You know, when it's on the line, you see Stephon Diggs making making plays out there. Um, I, I'm not sure if he, you know, he he has four touchdowns right now. I don't know if that's anybody has more touch, receiving touchdowns than Stephon Diggs right now. Um, so I mean, from every great quarterback, there's a great receiver, mm-hmm. and you know, it goes hand in hand. So you know, you can easily say Stephon Diggs uh, is playing some of his best ball in his career right now. Um, and you know, hey, Josh is Josh, right? We know he's going to make plays, but it's the guys that he's throwing the ball to obviously has to make those plays. Make Josh Allen right too. So I'm going to say Stephon Diggs MVP right now. Uh, on the flip side, uh, for Pittsburgh, I'm going to say Mika Fitzpatrick leading the league in interceptions. Um, I mean, he's Ed Reed right now. You know? I mean, he's, you know, he's that type. Uh, you know, team scheme for him. I understand where that guy is. Have we lost that? So he, um, he's definitely a force that teams have to game plan for. So on the flip side, I'm going to say Mika Fitzpatrick. I'm actually going, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to flip the, the tables a little bit. I'm, I'm going to say for, for my MVP, it's going to be a little bit of a tandem, right? You look at the first five, four games, excuse me, the Bills have allowed 58 points total for a grand total of 14.5 points a game. Um, even when the offense hasn't been there, the defense has been there. And um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to the linebackers. I'm going to say Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I'll give it a little bit of a duo MVP, if you will, um, just because I think that they deserve some recognition. And um, I think they play absolutely outstanding. They play like two all pros up to this point so far this season. So I, I'm going to say them. Was that Mook? You said something? No. That's Mookie's, Mookie's uh, frozen and and then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, all right, Alan, like, we're gonna have to get get on again, man, and we'll chop it up. That sounds great, man. Do it again. Great talking. Did you, did you did you guys want to get into the kneel down? Yeah, well, Mookie ain't gonna be able to do it. His phone off janky right now. <laughs> <laughs> and look, okay. now you sideways. Is he, is he back? On, <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, well, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see if maybe his picks up, uh, but we could get into it a little bit. I mean, we got time, you know, we'll do the rundown real quick. Oh, all right, but let's jump into it. This is how we usually end this off, Alan. Thanks for sticking around with us, and we're gonna do the my little rundown. Uh, and my rundown is is always about running. (laughs) 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 That's why I call it right there because, and I alluded to it earlier. Um, This is a trap game for the Buffalo Bills because uh, they can't just come out and do what they've done in the past something, just roll the helmet out and think they're going to win the game. They're going to have to put forth some effort. And and the, the secret to that this week is actually getting someone to run the ball other than Josh Allen and effectively for positive yards. Um, And positive yards, I mean, it could be zero yards net just as long as it's not going negative. You know, just hand the ball off to someone else that's physically running that ball to give uh, Josh a break and also 
to make the defense play honest. You know, let someone else run. Make them respect another player running the ball opposed to uh, Josh is carrying it all the time. So, you know, my, my rundown is offensive coordinator, find a way to establish a running game. And everyone has t- told everyone, all the coaches know this saying. It's December. In the late part of the year, you're going to need to be running that ball. But you start now practicing and establishing it. So uh, that's my rundown. Well, real quick, real, real quick. I mean, because we had this problem with Dayball, too. That's what's, like, really confusing me. Like, Dayball didn't run. And now Dorsey come in, we're like, oh, we're going to have a comprehensive run game. And he just doesn't run either. Is it? Is it like, you know. I mean, like, and then Dayball, look what he's doing with the Giants. Yeah, he's running everywhere. everywhere. See, exactly. he's doing where his bread is butter. He know he got to get the Saquon. Is yeah. it like if you have the answers to the test, a.k.a. Josh Allen, do you just stop studying? And he's just like, ah, right, no, I'm just going to write down what I remember from the light. What's going on? I don't understand this. Like, like what's happening? They are leaning to – listen, you got to win where you can and have you can. And, yes, if I'm a coach and if the only way I could win was run Josh Allen, yes, I will. But Allen brought up a point. Josh is the quarterback. He throws the ball and he runs it. He runs the ball one time and get up and can't throw anymore. Oh, everything falls apart. The passing game's gone and the running game that you never had is not there. So I I say you got to start establishing some run life to help Josh be Josh and the team. The team needs it. The team needs it. So. Absolutely for sure. And uh I mean obviously I don't I don't have a graphic ready for you, <laughs> Alan, but I do yeah, have I something. Okay. We'll <laughs> I, I, got you. I got you next time, I promise. But right. um I do have something ready for you. So just, right. just get your thoughts together for what you might want to talk about. All right. Because I this play is absolutely ridiculous, and it is this definitely caught my eye. This is a special young guy. And in three, Trubisky. On the move down the sideline and reaching up for it is George Pickens and he hauls it in. George Pickens, this is a guy that's known when he was in college at Georgia. Vertical stretch the defense, make plays. Rookie on rookie and what a catch with the right hand. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. All right, Alan, what you got for us, man? <laughs> well, I'll talk about George real quick. So we asked him after that game. Is that like your best catch ever? And he's like, no, maybe that's like six or seven. That's what he said. That's what he said. He's like, that's top ten. You know, that's all. Uh, He's. It's funny, too, because that Steelers wide receiver core has uh, George, who is never not open because you just throw it to him anyway, and Deontay Johnson that is literally always open because that man is uncoverable. The only – He's got the opposite problem, though. He don't catch them all, but he's open on every single play. I think like just nobody covers him. I don't. He's he's uncoverable. They're fun, man. I, if they can get that short rhythm passing game going, I think they can do some things on offense that we haven't seen from them to this point. I think Pickett and Pickens have a really special connection. Um, George was 100 yards last game. I think he should be right there again. Um, but I, I'll talk about where where Ruben was and and this. Uh, Josh Allen running the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. So I did 
did some research about this this week. Of all the teams that Josh Allen has played uh, three or more times, uh, the Steelers, he has the second worst rushing yards per attempt Ooh. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of every, of every team that Lamar Jackson has played three or more times, he has the dead last rushing yards per attempt against Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Pittsburgh wow. Steelers will not get beat by a running quarterback. Ooh. Okay. They Ooh. can be beaten by a running back. They were dead. They were last in the NFL five yeah. yards per carry last year. But those yeah. running backs doing that damage, not running quarterbacks. You so dropped the bomb on us here today, yeah, didn't you? If the Bills want to establish the running game with a running back and not with Josh Allen, this is the week to do it because they can stop running quarterbacks. Bang. But they cannot stop the run. You can't stop the run. <laughs> stop they have some fast linebackers. It doesn't surprise me that, you know, they're able to, to get the quarterbacks on the ground before they can do too much damage, especially guys with the elite run skill set of a Lamar Jackson, of a Josh Allen, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, hey, thank you for that. That was a, a great tidbit that great I'm definitely going to be, you know, looking out for tomorrow to see if Josh, you know, tries to run too much. Um, but for me, uh, it was just find this to be the final segment of the day, to a general rule for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I'm – I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I will say although we dominated the game in Miami, statistically, we didn't score enough points. Miami kind of did something that I could see the Pittsburgh Steelers doing in terms of having a quick passing attack, quick, quick, quick throw, and then, you know, attack the inexperienced safeties when it matters most and, you know, have a George Pickens go up and get a tough grab or have a Chase Claypool make a huge play or have a Deontay. Deontay Johnson makes the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen. Like, he just is crazy. Um, So, I mean, they have the talent for something like that to potentially happen. So I think it's important for the Bills to make sure that they don't allow the Steelers to stick around because they have the talent to be able to make a play that you were not expecting to happen. So, uh, and then they also have the defense to be able to contain you to, to be able to, you know, throw, cause some fits in, in the bills offense, especially, you know, what we've seen from Miami, uh, you know, the, the blitz seemed to really bother them, which it doesn't typically bother them, but it, it was bothering them that day. And then of course, uh, Baltimore uh, absolutely gave them fits in the first half. So uh, I would like to see the bills offense come out and be, that offense we saw versus Tennessee, you know, that offense we saw versus LA. So, um, you know, that that's what we need. We need a, you know, uh, kind of get on track game, especially before we have to go see those guys over there in Arrowhead. Um, so yeah, man, we, we uh, will see what happens tomorrow, tomorrow, 1 PM, the Buffalo bills play the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be a good one. A rematch from last game last year, the Pittsburgh, they, they got one on us. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game, but we want to thank you so much, Alan, for joining us, bro. It has been an absolute pleasure to meet you and talk to you. Um, thanks, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me guys. I, I would, I think this is the third time, three, three years in a row I've, I've been on with Mookie and, uh, yeah. it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's good, to, good to meet you guys too. Uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Let everybody know where they can follow you and, uh, and check out some of your work. Yeah, I, I, at Twitter, at A Saunders underscore PGH, and all my Steelers coverage is at SteelersNow.com, at PGH Steelers Now. I'll be there tomorrow and basically all the Steelers games all season. And uh, still check out Pitt from time to time, too. So a big mm -hmm. big win for the Panthers this uh, this Saturday. And yeah, record-breaking day for our Yeah, for, for Izzy. And uh, mm -hmm. got some Buffalo guys on the Pitt 
on the pit yeah. squad now too. We're looking forward to seeing those guys, freshmen. So they're you know getting their feet wet, but mm-hmm. we're looking forward to it. Will you be at the game tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be at the game tomorrow. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully I'll oh, see you there. Alan, I wish I would have known you could be at the game. I tell you to bring me up a Pimani sandwich. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I don't think they travel real well. You Not know? well. I mean, you get the coleslaw overnight. Up, up off the uh, turnpike, a little closer to uh, the PA New York border, that's a good spot to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be at the game tomorrow? Yeah, the one way down that way. You going to be at the game tomorrow, Root? No, I won't be at that. No. Oh, Watching okay. it on the, on the good old intranet. <laughs> All right, no problem. Cool. Well, hey, uh, pleasure, Alan. We'll wrap some more, man. Sounds yeah, good for sure. Hopefully, uh, we get to chop it up uh, soon. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, for my man, the legendary Ruben Brown, for the legendary Mookie Hawkins, and the legendary Alan Saunders. I'm Justice Earl Rafford. This has been Believe in Bills, and we will see you guys later. Go Bills. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in game betting prompts and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now, Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.